You are listening to the Stand with Dignity podcast. Please subscribe to our Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa salatu wa salam ala sayyidina wa azimina wa habib qulubina wa shafi'a nufusina abil qasim muhammad Allahumma salam muhammad wa ala ahli baytih al-tayyibin al-tahirin wa ashabih al-ghur al-mayamin Alhamdulillah, الذي جعلنا من المتمسكين بولاية سيدي ومولاي علي بن أبي طالب. الحمد لله الذي هدانا لهذا وما كنا لنهتدي لولا أن هدانا الله. أما بعد يقول الله في كتابه الكريم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم. سلام على نوح في العالمين. <clears throat> if you were to tell a Muslim today that a prophet of God in the Quran was drunk, or a prophet of God in the Quran had incest with his two daughters, or a prophet of God in the Quran was an adulterer or was found naked, you'll find that many Muslims would find this blasphemous. Yet in the Bible, all of these stories exist about personalities who were seen as the most righteous to have ever walked on the earth. Indeed, you find if I'm going to reconstruct a biography of Jesus, son of Mary, the question arises, do I use the Quran or do I use the Bible? The Christian world will say to me, you have to use the Bible, for the Bible is that text <clears throat> that had come with Christ. Whereas I come back and I look within the Bible and I see that while there is an overlap between the Qur'an and the Bible, I find certain prophets of God in the Qur'an end up being naked and drunk. I find certain prophets of God in the Bible end up being naked and drunk. Whereas in the Qur'an, this would be seen as being blasphemous. Because for us, especially the school of Ahlul Bayt in particular, we believe that the prophets of God, according to the likes of our great theologians such as Sheikh al-Saduq were ma'soom, were error-free, were sinless, were infallible. I stress on the school of Ahlul Bayt because tomorrow I'll see whether other schools in Islam are ready to say that certain prophets committed some of these acts. But for us, the Shia, the school of Ahlul Bayt, salawatullah wa salamu alayhim, for us, prophets of God are sent by God to be an exemplar for us. At the end of the day, if God says to me that I have to worship him, and God says to me that I have to live a righteous life, if God doesn't send prophets, then I would ask, who is the example for me to follow? Naturally, therefore, when we look at prophethood within Islam, the idea of prophethood is that there are a set of personalities who come to nations. These personalities, when they come to nations, come and speak on behalf of God. They are the manifestations of God's attributes on the earth. They are the best examples for people to follow. I'm instructed and ordered by my Lord to obey them in absolutely everything that they do. Every act that they do, every word that they say, 
All of these, I take a sunan from these prophets of God. Of course, not all these prophets are at the same level. There are prophets who the Quran mentions, some are greater than others. Ultimately, for example, Nabi Idris can never be as great as Nabi Musa salam. Because Nabi Musa, Nabi Nuh, Nabi Ibrahim, Nabi Isa, and the Holy Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi are seen as Ulul Azim, arch prophets of God. In one way, they've come with a universal message. In another, they've come with a Sharia, a book, a guidance to mankind. So therefore, the Quran doesn't say every prophet is on the same level. We admit. But you can still have, when it comes to the prophets of God, like we have, for example, if I give the most trivial example, you'll see in class, everybody got A star in the class. But somebody got 81% and somebody got 99 On the exam paper, it says A star. But somebody scraped an A star, whereas somebody else perfected an A star. Likewise, when it comes to the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the prophets of God, when I look at them, Adam and Noah and Abraham and David and Jacob and Isaac and Jesus and Moses, all of these prophets to me are on the A star level. But there is a difference in the ones where God may have given more insight to some over the others. But one thing that's clear about them is that all of them have been guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Surah Al-An'am, Surah 6 of the Holy Quran, you'll find that God makes it clear when He says, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, وَاجْتَبَيْنَاهُمْ وَهَدَيْنَاهُمْ إِلَىٰ صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ We're the ones who chose them. And we are the ones who have guided them on the right path. If one of these prophets turns out to be a drunkard, I then ask God the question, that God, you're meant to be the all-powerful. You couldn't guide us with somebody who could stay away from alcohol. As in there are human beings on this earth who've lived their whole lives without drinking alcohol once. There are certain football players who have never, ever touched alcohol, never gone near it. And you're telling me a prophet of God was a drunkard? There are human beings in this world and many of them who will never end up sleeping with their two daughters. Never. They won't go near it. They won't sleep with a single member of their family. There are some who won't even marry their cousins. And they see that when Muslims marry their cousins, they say, even that we abhor. But if I find that there's a righteous person mentioned in the Bible who ends up sleeping with his daughters, how then can I trust this as the book to tell me about the life of Jesus, son of Mary? Therefore, you found that when a person came forward and said, the Bible is the book of God, not the Quran, I turn around by saying that if I was to look at the representation of the prophets in the Bible and the representation of the prophets in the Quran, then I'd rather go with the Quranic representation than the biblical. This doesn't mean, as I've always stressed, that I cannot learn about Jesus from the Bible. I can. There are many good lines to take from the Bible. But can I trust the Bible wholeheartedly if I come across such stories? Can I really turn around and say that the book has not been affected or altered or tampered? Of course, that's not to say that within the Quran, you cannot find verses which make you skeptical about certain things. The Quran, it comes in a context. The Bible comes in a context. The Quran does not emerge from a vacuum, nor does the Bible. But at the same time, there's a reality. There is a set standard for prophets in the Quran. They are always the people of khair, the people of good. The people of Ihsan, the people of sincerity and ikhlas.
They are the people who you will always see as being the most righteous and the best examples. Hence, Jesus, son of Mary, is a method Libani Israel. Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi, the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon his family, is an uswa in a number of portions of his life. When I therefore look at that, I come to a conclusion that if I look in the Bible, someone said Muhammad copied the Bible, sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi. When you come to some of the stories of the prophets, you see that there's no way that he copied the Bible. Because the way some of these prophets are depicted, it's complete antithesis to what the Quran depicts. Let us tonight have a glimpse at a couple of prophets in the Bible and the way they're looked at and the way they're looked at within the Quran. And I'd like to do this in the following stages. Number one, if Adam committed a sin, then how could prophets also not fall in the trap of sinning? And what is the argument back for this? Number two, how fundamental is allowing wine in the Bible in the effect on a certain community or a certain person's character? And why does the Quran make it clear that whether you have a sip of wine or you have a lot of wine, all of it is prohibited and certainly would not be part of the behavior of the prophets of God. Number three, how did Nuh end up naked and drunk in front of his own sons? And is this something fitting for a prophet of God? Number four, which righteous man in the Bible and a prophet in the Quran ended up being drunk and also sleeping with his two daughters? And how does the Quran reply to such accusations? Number five, the Quran was against alcohol and against the drinking of wine. But did the Muslim community end up having drunkards in power or no? And if they did, how long was the legacy of these drunks who sat at the helm of the Prophet's religion. And how did their alcoholic ways end up destroying the very guidance that the Prophet had left behind? Let's examine this and dissect the topic in depth. Someone says from the beginning that, listen, you have Adam and we have Adam. You say that Adam left heaven. And the Bible says Adam left heaven. And both of you make a story about him listening to Satan Therefore, how could you say prophets cannot commit sins or are shown in a bad light when you both agree on an Adam sin? Because this is a very important point. Even many of our brothers and sisters in the community always ask this question, that if Nabi Adam is ma'soom, then how is it that Nabi Adam ended up being a sinner? The Quran even uses certain wordings where Adam pleads to God for forgiveness. Sometimes when we go to Arafah, you find some people say Adam was here in Arafah. Adam asked God for forgiveness in Arafah. Adam stayed for a long time asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness. So therefore the Bible, when the Bible says that later on, Nuh was a sinner, Dawood was a sinner, Lut was a sinner, Yaqub was a sinner. All of these had committed sins in one way or the other. So what's wrong? You say Adam did. We made it very clear that yes, the story of Adam exists in the Bible. And the story of Adam exists within the Holy Quran. For us, there is a difference when it comes to the Bible. We said that Adam lays the blame on Eve and then God decides to punish all the females. And by the way, this punishment of the females continues when we come to the story of Lot and what made Lot or Lot become bad. But anyway, when it comes here, Adam blames Eve. Eve is blamed by God. Firstly, Secondly, we look at it and we find that the Quran doesn't look at it in that way. 
The Quran says that that area where they were was not an area where you can commit a sin. For goodness sake, even on the most basic level, if I'm in heaven, heaven is not a place for sin. True? Yes, it's not the heaven that inshallah will go to after we pass away. But heaven is not a place for sin. If someone told you, Nabi Adam, where was he when he ate the supposed apple? Say he was in heaven. So how can he be a sinner when you're in that heavenly abode? That heavenly abode was not the world of taklif. It wasn't the world of responsibility. There was no sharia to follow. It was an induction program for Adam And he was the one who set the induction for the other prophets of God. Because Ibrahim could always look at Adam. Noah could look at Adam. Joseph could look at Adam. Who could Adam look up to? Reality is Adam, Iblis was there with him. Satan, and when Satan had made, it, made one statement, I swear by Allah, that if you go near that tree, nothing will happen to you. Now in our communities today, everyone says, I swear by Allah, and it turns out to be a lie. Wallah, I did this. Wallah, he said that. Wallah, I mean that. And some of us, what we do cleverly when we want to lie, we change the last letter. Wallah, wallat, wallat. Because we are looking at our parents, we're like, if I say wallah, then my parents will know the time. So I said, wallah. Some people do that. But at that time, Iblis was the first to swear by what? Was the swear to, first to swear by Allah and lie. Imam al-Baqir was asked that how is it that Nabi Adam, a prophet of Allah, could be affected by Satan's words? I thought that shaitan, no. Shaitan could never affect a prophet after that induction program. Shaitan himself admits, by your majesty, O oh Allah, look at the way he speaks to God with respect. By your majesty, O oh Allah, I'll deceive all of them, except those who are free from the need to sin. Adam, therefore, was not a sinner, but this Adam's sin became fundamental when it came to Christianity. Why? For two reasons. The first reason was then we were taught that we're all born sinners because of Adam's sin. Isn't that true? Why I differ with Christianity? Not because I want to differ with Christianity. I repeat, I'm talking about the religion, not the people. The people, many of them are wonderful. But why I differ with Christianity is on the original sin. Original sin, Adam commits a sin. That means I'm born a sinner, you're born a sinner, he's born a sinner. He's... I say, Baba, wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me that I'm born a sinner because of a sin that took place thousands of years ago? So I, what's it got to do with me? If there's a crime that's taken place now in Toronto and I'm here in London, what have I got to do with a crime that's taken place in Toronto? So no, 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 but you're from the same race or the same gender as that person. I said, Baba, if an Iraqi person in Toronto does something, how's that to blame on me? If someone, for example, who's male does something in Canada, how's that to do with me? They said, no, Adam committed a sin. We're all born sinners. Jesus Christ came and died for our sins. I reply by asking one question. What was Adam born? Adam committed a sin. We were all born sinners. Where, what was Adam born? Pure. That means we're all born pure as well. Adam committed a sin but did not, was not born a sinner. Adam was born pure. Adam was born free. Adam was born on the fitrah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the way he creates man with a primordial nature. 
the idea that Jesus Christ came to die for my sins because I am a sinner, because of a man who committed a sin. But I asked that man who got created, that man who got fashioned in his own image, what was he born? He was born pure. So the first ramifications of Adam in the biblical story is that what? Is that Adam was a sinner. We all commit sins. Jesus came to die for our sins. Secondly, Adam was kicked out of heaven. Whereas in the Quran, Allah had already said, For us, Adam was not kicked out of heaven. Rather, for us, Allah had already said, He's going to be my representative on the earth. But he'll go through an induction program, so we make clear to him. We make clear to him, his wife, his progeny, his generations, who their enemies are. That was number two. But number three, the bigger problem was what? Was that if Adam could sin, so other prophets could sin. If Adam could commit a sin, so there are other NBA who could sin. Because you know there are certain Muslims who even, in defending a Khalifa, will say, well, if the Prophet committed a sin, though what's wrong with the Khalifa if he commits a sin? Baba, wait. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran said, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, وَاجْتَبَيْنَاهُمْ وَهَدَيْنَاهُمْ إِلَىٰ صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ we are the ones who chose them. We are the ones who guide them towards the right path. The same Lord who tells me, Allah wa Rasul, obey Allah and obey the Prophet. Well, if I obey the Prophet, you ask me to obey the Prophet, means the Prophet must be infallible. How then if I obey a Prophet who's ending up committing a sin? If a Prophet ends up drinking alcohol, then alcohol becomes normal for me. If the Prophet ends up drinking wine, then wine becomes normal for me. And that's why you find the base of the problems when it comes to the prophets in the Bible, in contrast to the Quran, is that some of these prophets could become the most immoral people and still be called people chosen by God. You look in the Bible, if you see many Christians today, they always say to you, Jesus turned water into wine. Why? Baba, what is water into wine? Why the need for this? Okay, so this is your belief. Not just that, Paul tells Timothy, what does he say to him? Not always water. Have some wine, little wine. Good for the stomach. Because you know some Muslims will also say that. But just some wine is good. It removes heart attack. And it helps us with our life. There are Muslims who will come forward and say that there is no problem having wine or alcohol as long as it's for a little bit because it may cure some of our illnesses. Christians today, Christians in the world, with a crucifix on their necklace, or a rosary bead, but still for them, wine important, alcohol important. Say, why? Say, hold on, if the Lord turned water into wine. And if Paul tells Timothy that a little bit of wine is not too much of an issue, yes, because wine is mentioned over 200 times in the Bible. How many? Two over 200 times wine is in the Bible. Drunk, the word is mentioned over 60 times in the Bible. Wine? Huh. So what does the Christian say to me? He says, listen, wine is allowed, but not you becoming drunk. Because Proverbs 23 talks about these people who if they reach that level, that's a level of immorality and a level of sin, but have a little wine. I ask you the question, how much is a little in reality? How much is a little? Are you telling me sincerely that you believe in a Jesus who allowed society to relatively come to a conclusion? What is a little? How many people we've seen in history, they thought, I'll start with a glass or a mix with another fizzy drink. Mix it. Put a bit of Red Bull, put a bit of alcohol, mix it with a bit of Coke. Let's mix it. What's the issue? 
And then you get tempted by some of your university friends. What's wrong with you? Why don't you drink? And sometimes the peer pressure begins to affect you. And then they tell you, just have a little, a little. That night, how many have come home and said, you know what, I can't remember what I did last night. I said, but you're not normally that bad. I, said, I don't know. Yesterday, I was tipsy. Yesterday, I just let go. Why? When a religion like Christianity has a Bible that says to you, a little, not a problem. The Lord, even in the temple, give out wine when we're having a meal with one another. What's that going to result in? And that's why you'll find some nations in the world today, they are devout in their love for the Lord, in their love for Jesus. But when they want to drink, they can drink. You go to parts of Ireland or you go to parts of South America. You'll see people who have a devotion to Jesus, son of Mary. But if they want to have a drink, they can have a good time. And not just them. I wish it was just them. Even the priests of the religion, the ones who you'd say are the ones who are meant to look after the religion, meant to look after the faith. And then people turn around and say, but only a little. How many went further? How many a car crash killed? How many molested a child? How many beat people because of alcohol? Alcohol, the Quran wanted to make clear. Look at the difference of the Quran and the Bible. Bible says a little is good for the stomach. The Quran says, what? What does the Quran say? Quran says they ask you about alcohol. What should the reply be? Say it is one of the greatest sins. But it has some benefits, yes, alcohol. And it's different usages. I've seen people who may use it for perfume. People use it for medicine. People use it for manufacturing. People can use alcohol for its benefits. But its positives, no, they do not outweigh its negatives. That the Quran said alcohol is what? It's part of the impurities of Satan. Wine, alcohol, all of these, I do not deny that there are some who can control how much they drink. I do not deny that there are some who, even if they drink a lot, cannot get drunk. But how beneficial is it to society? How much detriment to society? Therefore, the Bible, if I want to reconstruct Jesus from the Bible, the Bible is telling me, wine, he is involved in spreading. He is involved in giving out. How could a man chosen by God, if not you call him God, if not the Son of God, if not the Spirit of God, how could he be a man? Who finds it normal to give out wine to a public which themselves cannot control their desires and many things. How are they going to control that? And that's why not just he gives out wine, but he has prophets and righteous men who came before him who were known to have been drunkards. Noah, Nabi Nuh, arch prophet in the Quran. How high is he in the Quran? Abdan Shakura, a servant who's always grateful. He is from who? Ibadin al Mu'mineen. From our servants who is a believer. Yes? The Quran says, Salamun ala Nuhin fil alameen. The worlds, the universes, all glory and praise to Noah alayhi salam. Noah for us was a prophet of God. He came with the Noahide laws, a sharia. And he came, for example, to the people to say to them, stay away from idolatry, message number one, blasphemy, theft, 
adultery, hurting your parents. You see the seven Noahide laws, go and read them. He tried to build a society that was the purest of society, but with him as being the role model. You see, if the man himself is telling us not to be sinners, I don't expect to find him one day drunk and naked, do I? Nabi Nuh, salam, go and read tonight, Genesis 9. How can I reconstruct Jesus' life when those Ulil Azam prophets before Jesus are found naked and drunk? How? How can I as a Christian reach a conclusion that someone chosen by God lies naked and drunk when some of us in our whole lives who are not prophets chosen by Allah will never be naked and drunk? And not just naked and drunk. Naked and drunk where? Naked and drunk in front of their children. There are certain people in the world today, you'll find that these people in the world today wouldn't even be naked in front of their children. They'll stay away from being naked in front of their children. Have you ever, you ask many people out there, have you ever seen your parents naked in front of you? You say, Astaghfirullah, never. You've seen your parents drunk in front of you. You say, drunk? My parents would never be of that type. Yet Genesis 9 takes us to a drunk Noah. Noah, who had come to his people and said to them, stay away from idolatry, worship the one God. After that, he made it clear to them that God is unhappy with your rudeness towards me. These people were so rude. They put their... Imagine you're talking to somebody and it falls literally on deaf ears. Their fingers, they place them in their ears. They put their clothes covering when he'd come to speak. Nabi Nuh, because he was being mocked by his people, God decided that that's it. And Nuh said to them, he made a warning to them, ask God for forgiveness. The rains will pour down upon you. You'll be sustained. God will give you more and more from wealth and from children. What else do you want? I'm telling you, just ask for forgiveness. Because remember, you can't have the flood of Nabi Nuh unless a warning has been given. It's only when he came with the warning to his people, and opened the door for Tawbah, and these people were mocking him, you stupid this, you're a fool, you're this, you're that. Astaghfirullah, the people were arrogant towards him. Very well. I'll build an ark, and that ark, whoever boards it, is saved, and whoever leaves it is of those who drowns. And subhanallah, how Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa would say, the example of the ark of Noah, my Ahlul Bayt are like that example. How? In the sense that if you board on the ship of Al-Muhammad, Safinat al-Najat, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make sure that you're saved. And if you leave that ship, what happens to you? You're drowned. You hold on to Al-Muhammad for they are the ark of salvation. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa compared Al-Muhammad to the ark of Noah. because the And that's why Nuh's story is mentioned in the Quran so much. Why? Because the Prophet faced the same mushriks as Nabi Nuh did. And the same way they made fun of Nuh, they made fun of Rasulullah. And the same way they weren't listening to Nabi Nuh, they weren't listening to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi And that's why God wants to remind him that that great Prophet, that righteous man, Abdan, Shakura, Ibadin al-Mu'mineen, Salamun ala Nuh, he kept on telling him, be like him. But remember one thing, you're going to live for 63 years, he lived for a couple of thousand. He had an unbelievable patience. Eventually, those who boarded with him. Where's the difference in the Bible and the Quran? In the Quran and the Bible, the Bible says his whole family boarded with him. What does the Quran say? Does the Quran say his whole family boarded with him on the ark? No. His wife 
was a backstabber because you could be a prophet of God and your wife could be a lady who's an enemy of God. Just because you're a prophet, it doesn't mean your wife has to be a good person. Nabi Lut, Nabi Nuh, what do they have in common with each other? That both of them were prophets whose wives backstabbed them and their families. Nabi Nuh, did his wife join him on the ark? No. Did his son join him? His son did not join him on the ark. They did not. The Bible, no. Bible says they all boarded. The Quran makes a difference. Of course, if you're telling me the Prophet copied, then he should have got that one right. Now, therefore, they boarded. Let's say the flood went on for how many months? Let's say, for example, five-month flood until eventually they came to shore. You come to shore, Nabi Nuh has just been shown glory by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, hasn't he? And his Lord has made it clear to him, never again will this happen and the rainbows and all that discussion. So what ends up with Nuh? Nuh ends up being someone who plants a vineyard as you do as a prophet mashallah you plant a vineyard pressing the grapes until one day his son ham comes and sees Nuh knocked out drunk naked you you as a christian as a christian you accept that Nuh would be out there drunk naked you know what some christians say god reveals people's struggles and trials and so we can relate to them more listen there's many i can relate to but prophets of god i'd expect god to have done a good job with them in being the best examples for us there are leaders of our communities who are not chosen by god who lived as moral people and a man who is chosen by god like noah his son ham sees him naked tent and he's just lying there drunk Astaghfirullah. And you want me to say that Christianity, I have to take the Bible to reconstruct Christ? No. And that's why I say the Quran is the criteria. What then happens? Nuh has another, uh, a number of sons. And of them, Shem and Japheth come. They come with a covering so that they don't look at their father. But the poor son who looked at his father, his father cursed his generations. Because you looked at a prophet naked, your generations are all cursed. They all become slaves. And people started to make conclusions that black people are from that generation of Ham because they were cursed by God. Noah, therefore, drunk, naked. Son sees him, other sons. And astaghfirullah, how the story continues with even certain people talk about what did the son do when he saw his dad naked at that moment? There are people who went on to say further things which I don't even want to mention. So therefore, what do you find? Nabi Nuh in the Bible, drunk, naked, in that state. In the Quran, do we have anything like that? How can I? And that's why one of the names of the Quran is the Muhaymin. وَأَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ الْكِتَابَ بِالْحَقِّ مُصَدِّقًا لِمَا بَيْنَ يَدَيْهِ مِنَ الْكِتَابِ وَمُهَيْمِنًا عَلَيْهِ What is Muhaymin in English? the criteria the criteria for a prophet's biography like jesus moses noah dawood is the quran for me because it's not just known as dhikr or furqan or quran but it's also known as the muhaymin and then what did the quran say Muhaymina means the Quran is the criteria. What does the Quran say? Nuh was a drunkard? Never. 
نوح was naked never his son saw him naked استغفر الله ربي واتوب اليه but genesis 9 tells me that this is the state of a prophet of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whereas the quran says righteous believer grateful honorable humble the universe calls out his name and louds him and that's why when hollywood done the film recently about nabi nuh alayhi salam you saw the depiction depiction was this guy who's lost it this guy who's baffled this guy who's all over the place far away from the way that school of ahlul bayt especially within their hadith would depict a prophet of allah so on the one hand who do we have nabi nuh on the other hand another prophet of god in islam and a righteous person within christian history who ended up sleeping with his daughters lot nabi lot alayhi salam nabi lot related to nabi ibrahim alayhi salam he was living where sodom and gomorrah and then eventually leave zor sodom and gomorrah what were they known for they were known for same gender relations that the people the men in the area all started having relations with one another yes the men in the area had relations with one another and so because of that lot kept on speaking out against these men nabi lot alayhi salam kept on saying that this is not the way that god created the male and the female the male has boundaries the female has boundaries the male should not exceed these boundaries because we know in islam you could be male and female and you can still exceed the boundaries it's not about male male female female in islam i could be a male and i could be with a female in a haram way yes my have laws for what i can engage in as a male and a female has laws what she can engage in but sodom and gomorrah story was in the bible sodom and gomorrah story is in the quran nabi lot talks to the people of his community and tells them to stay away from such an act yes and that's why judaism and islam the jewish bible of course where the story is mentioned of nabi lot in genesis 19 the story of the jewish bible and the story of the quran judaism and islam until today make it clear that this particular idea of male male female female relations is something which is prohibited in the laws of the jewish community but there should be no rudeness towards people of such ways in our culture or in our communities when we live in these countries people at the end of the day have all decided to have their own path and perspective they want to ask us about our laws we can answer but never show hate to a human being because of whichever way or direction they're heading so nabi lut alayhi salam what happened nabi lut his he leaves zor him and his two daughters yep now everything has been finished destruction he goes and lives where out of fear in reality he goes to the mountains him and his two daughters they're in a cave in the mountains and what do the daughters start to discuss with each other everyone in life has to have kids they will get married and have kids but we've just been part of a community that wasn't interested in us and if we go to another community we fear for ourselves so what's the best thing to do let's get our dad drunk and sleep with him i want to ask the pastors in the world of christianity wallah i say this from my heart not as someone being judgmental on another religion how in god's name do you justify a prophet being made drunk and having both his daughters sleep with him how you explain to me 
from a million angles, by the way, a million angles. If Sodom and Gomorrah were turned upside down because of what they did, how comes Lord's daughters weren't turned upside down or made into a pillar of salt like their mom was when they made their dad become drunk, intoxicated their dad, and then slept with him? The elder daughter tells the younger one that we need to have kids. We need to procreate. And so therefore, we're going to have to make sure that we have something. And the only man available is him. <clears throat> so what do you suggest? So he suggests let's make him drunk and then I'll sleep with him. Now I want to ask you a question. First night, the elder daughter slept with Lot. Yes? Th then she told the younger one, now it's your turn. I did it. Now it's you. I ask you. Nabi Lot got made drunk on the first. Someone put something in his drink and he, astaghfirullah. Let's say it happened. Normally, you wake up from that blackout, don't you? It's like, <clears throat> what's happened? What's going on? Something's not normal. How has he fallen from the same trap twice? There are humans in the world who are not righteous men, who are not prophets, who know when things have gone wrong that night. Yes? Lord, his eldest daughter, ends up getting him drunk, sleeps with him, and then she has her generation. And then the younger daughter ends up getting her dad drunk, and then she sleeps with him. And there is an incestual relationship between one of the most righteous men. Is this what the Quran says? Does the Quran say Nabi, Nuh, Nabi Lut alayhi salam Nabi Lut is a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and yet Nabi Lut they say was a prophet who ended up being what? Who ended up being somebody who was drunk with his daughters. Sallu ala Muhammad wa ali Muhammad. 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 Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ali Muhammad. Therefore, we find that Nabi Lut in the Quran, never in the Bible, drunk with your daughters. How could a book claim to be one of the books of God that ends up? Now, what, how could this happen? I've given a lot of benefits of the doubt to the Bible in this whole series. But I ask a question. Surely you ask yourself, how is it a story in the Bible reached that level? How? And how then can someone want alcohol to be part of society when alcohol results in this? If alcohol in society results in this, then do you now understand why Islam is so strict on alcohol? I'm not going to tell you that Muslims don't drink. Muslims do. There are <laughs> Muslims in the world who do. And they don't care about the laws. But surely, how could you say someone like Lut will be of those who would drink alcohol? For us as Muslims, therefore, with that story, do we accept it? No, not at all. We reject it. Why? Because we say this is a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A prophet of God 
God is the one who guides. God's the one who protects. Hence, when God talked about the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, he said, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, inna ma yuridullahu ridhufa'ankum ritsa ahl al-bayti, wa yutahhirakum tathhira. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who wants to keep away from you all impurities. O family of the Prophet, and purify you a thorough purification. He purified Lot. He purified Noah. He purified Jesus, son of Mary. Never, ever would we believe that Jesus, son of Mary, would drink alcohol or pass out alcohol. <coughs> I want to reconstruct a biography of Jesus, but I don't want to do it by putting my prophet down. My prophet would never be someone who would go around giving wine and alcohol to a society that only a few drinks can make them destroy the whole of their community. Islam said what? Islam said that alcohol was one of the impurities of shaitan. And you'd think that the Prophet, peace be upon his family, how much he stressed alcohol is haram, alcohol is one of the biggest sins. You'd think that his community would be a community which would stay away from alcohol. 